Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm John. And Stephanie is not actually here at the moment because she's, well, you'll find out where she is in a minute. This is a special transatlantic uh, down the line version of the podcast, which we've just spent a ridiculously long time trying to record. Honestly, it took us about nine attempts because of broken microphones and, and the connection going down, all sorts of all sorts of faffs. So there's a certain exasperation and, and in, in what we're saying, and also the audio quality is perhaps not as not as amazing as we would like. But we did get there in the end, and you know we you know we didn't want to let it run down, so we thought we'd uh, let you know about what Stephanie's learnt on her travels. So on with the show. Hello, can you still hear me? Tell me you can still hear me. Yeah, you sound good. Oh, thank God. I thought that was never going to work. <laughs> How are you doing? Okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, I'm tempted to do this without a proper introduction and just say, because, you know, I really don't want to template, so I might just put all this in there. We've been trying for the past half an hour to get this to bloody well record at both ends. Because, Stephanie, where are you? I'm in, I'm in Carbondale, which is a little... Um, that's not industrial mining town about five hours south of Chicago. Okay, so what state are you in? I'm in Illinois, just about. I'm kind of on the border with Kentucky. This is, this is in fact, the second time we've done an episode where one of us is in London and the other one is in Illinois, because I was in Chicago when we did, uh, when we did the US election special. So that's, that's exciting. That's a nice you know, callback. You know, we like a callback. Yeah, I'm actually going to talk to you a bit about um, the aftermath of the US election because I've seen some really interesting things here. But um, yeah, so you you know Chicago, right? Um, yeah, a little. I've been there a couple of times. I was, we were there in the middle of our, our road trip last uh, early November um, and I got caught in that we, we were there for when the, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time in like a hundred years <laughs> and it was a massive street party and you know me in sport I was like I don't get it but we, we, we were trying to go to brunch and we got caught in this 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 rally and I had a panic attack and lost my friend so so that was that was that that was my experience with Chicago this time how are you finding it I'm really liking it well I was um I was down in the loop on um 
Oh gosh, I'm losing track of the days. On Sunday morning, so um, the loop is the central business district and obviously on a Sunday morning it is just completely empty. There's no one there. So it's perfect, actually. The the loop is named after the loop in the elevated railway lines where they go all the way around central Chicago and then back out. And just, you know, a little transport nerd fact for you. Well, I actually want to talk to you about Grand Union Station because I have fallen in love with it. Did you go through Grand Union at all? I mean, we, we were driving, but being me, I did obviously go to Grand Union Station and just kind of look at the departure boards just because... <laughs> But it is, it's it's an absolutely gorgeous station. It's got that sort of, the, the same as like Grand Central in New York, where it's probably just built for this gilded age, yeah, golden the, age railways, yeah. Those incredible kind of Beaux-Arts waiting room with the wooden benches on the skylights. Um, but John, I thought you would love it because I looked into when it was opened um, and it turned out that Union Station was built because of high demand for a centralised railway station because the different railway station throughout the city made through travel really awkward so if you had a connection in Chicago you'd have to get out on one side of town and schlep through the busy city centre to the other one so basically Union Station was built to avoid the situation we have back in London which I thought you'd like that that is interesting is that why it's called Union Station or I I don't I I wasn't (laughs) sure if that was like you know the union as in you know the union of the the 50 states or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the union of the 50 states or the union of, I think, five different railway companies that worked together to build it. Um, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was built in 1874 and then as passenger traffic grew and there was this push to consolidate more and more railway terminals, they built the new one in, in 1925 or it opened in 1925. And it was designed by a guy called Daniel Burnham who was from Chicago but who died before it was completed. So... Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's been my favourite bit of Chicago so far. Yeah, so what are, you, what are you doing out there? So I'm in an archive in Carbondale, but I have a good friend in Chicago, so I spent a, a day in the city on the way down here, and I'm going to go back to Chicago tomorrow. Um, but I have two gripes about Union Station, which I think the intersection of your interests of trains and complaining will lead you to enjoy. <laughs> okay, I do, I do enjoy those things, so come on, hit me. <laughs> So one is that the platforms say their own name constantly, and it's really weird. I, I guess it's a good idea because if you're blind, you can figure out where you are. But as you walk past, it just kind of goes like, this is track 17, over and over and over, like on a 10-second loop. Um, and it is the most disturbing kind of transport echolocation nightmare, which I could not really deal with. <laughs> Okay, what's the other gripe? Okay, once you're on the platform, because I took an Amtrak train, um, and first of all, the trains are huge, so I'm scared of them (laughs) coming from London. But also, once you're on the platform, there doesn't seem to be any sign that I could see which confirms where the train is going, and it's not indicated anywhere inside the train itself. So after you leave the terminal, until the guard comes down, you are just in a state of raw panic of, have I got on the wrong train? And I, like Amtrak, please just put up a little paper thing saying the destination of your train inside the train. So were you worried that you were going to end up in like you know, St. Louis or something? Just... Yeah, which actually I hear St. Louis is beautiful, so maybe that would have been fine. But um, yeah, I was freaking out. <laughs> so I, I really like Chicago, actually. It's one of my 
it's it might be my favorite american city i just think it's got a lot of the things that people really like about new york it's got the grand architecture it it's, feels like you're in an, an important place but it's just that bit warmer what do you what do you make of it i love it i actually did you go up any of the big the big towers yeah we had uh, we, we t- t- twice we've done this trip and both times we've had gin and tonics on like the 107th floor of the john hancock tower which oh. is which is you know just as the sun sets you can see like three states from up there and you see this city stretching away into the this is great radio describing this obviously but yeah it's it's that that feels like you're some you are somewhere you know well where have you been i've i've not so this is maybe that's what i'll do tomorrow night because you've just set a beautifully vivid picture of it and um, but i i obviously i really want to go up the willis tower which is you know really the sears tower um not only because i'm i'm really interested in the tallest towers um darren anderson who wrote imaginary cities and is kind of a friend of the new statesman made this great observation where he said wherever you are you can tell what the prevailing ideology is by what the tallest tower is so when you're in a tiny village in rural switzerland it will always be the church and that's kind of the the point of ideology but of course in big cities now it's you know financial towers and that's become the thing that we we orient ourselves towards so i'm really fascinated by by towers and who builds what when generally um but also the sears tower is most famous because it's where cam sloan and ferris bueller lean over to look down onto the city and ferris bueller's day off so i you know i want to go up there for that reason i have never seen ferris bueller's day off you've never seen that you would love ferris bueller's day off there's all the, there's like this huge sort of world of eighties movies that I've never I've never seen The Breakfast Club either. It's just a kind of gap in my life experience. <gasps> so you should definitely watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I think you'll identify with Cam. <laughs> Does he like trains? He doesn't uh, like trains. He's just kind of curmudgeonly all the way through. What are you What are you implying? <laughs> Um, I did. Um, I, I I did when I was about fifteen. I once skipped school and just spent the day travelling around East London on various trains, which was a very important formative experience for me. <laughs> um, you would really like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but but it's all, it's also kind of interesting. Um, and another reason I'd like to go to the Sears Tower, except for recreating a load of scenes in Ferris Bueller, is that. Um, I like this idea of when really commercial spaces turn into tourist attractions in their own right, kind of like we have in the Shard in London, where it's a business building, but they've managed to give it this second use as an iconic tourist site. But it's over $20, so I'm kind of prevaricating over whether I'll actually do it. Oh, well, this is why you should go to the bar at the top of the John Hancock Tower, because there is a viewing platform up there, but the floor above that is a bar and a restaurant which you can go up to for free and you can instead spend your, your, your dollars on, on a nice gin and tonic. So. I don't know if our listeners can hear me typing. This is me typing, you know, John Hancock gin yeah, and tonic. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good local knowledge, that. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, so I was last in the States uh, three days after the election. We, we flew home on like the Friday or the Saturday. Since then, all sorts of crazy stuff has happened. You know, those are those crazy cats in the White House. How, how, how does everyone you're speaking to feel about you know, the state of the state of the nation right now? Obviously, it's a very mixed bag here. Um, I'm spending most of my time with with academics and lefties and people like that. So there's a lot of um, <laughs> trauma and worry about the state of the country. Um also, it's really unseasonably hot, so I think everyone's torn between enjoying the beautiful weather and freaking out that it is definitely an indicator of global climate meltdown. Um, Chicago but, in February should be, like, freezing, right? Yeah, I was out in a T-shirt, and, and you know, I'll admit that I, do, I don't feel the cold. I will be wearing one less layer than everyone else, but, um, yeah, T-shirt and bare legs in Chicago was a really weird feeling. That's slightly terrifying. It's, it's really disturbing. It's really hot down here in Carbondale as well, which makes more sense because we're, you know, we're right by Kentucky, but um, it is definitely hotter than it should be. What has been encouraging, though, is that I've seen, even in the short time, I've been here a lot of really visible resistance to Trump. Um, so I flew in through O'Hare on Saturday night, and the first thing I saw after I got through immigration, which went fine for me, by the way, because, you know, I'm a white British woman. In fact, I think it's the easiest trip through immigration I've ever done because they're ploughing all of their resources into um, victimising people along race lines. So I basically got waved through, which was um, disturbing. But um, yeah, I got through yeah. to the... <laughs> white, white privilege in action there. Yeah, white privilege in action and white privilege, which has increased incrementally as treatment of people of colour has got worse because I've definitely had a tougher immigration experience coming in under Obama. Um, and this was kind of disturbing. They didn't even ask, you know, where the archive is or anything like that. They just sent me through. The only easier one I've had is landing in Boston and saying I was going to, to do some research at Harvard and they obviously get thousands of people who do that. But yeah, so that was that was a weird moment. But once I got into the arrivals lounge, there was a group of attorneys who were from a organisation, loads of different lawyers from across Chicago, who were camping out around the clock, providing free legal advice and free pizza to people who have either been detained or whose family members have been detained or who have been asked to sign something or had their phone looked through or anything like that. Which was incredible. So the first thing you see when you come through arrivals, there's a big McDonald's and then there's this big sign going, no one is illegal. And this group of lawyers with signs in different languages. So that was incredible. Um, 
and I spoke to them a bit and about the work they've been doing and they've got some really disturbing stories. They've asked me not to kind of cite anyone's name or anything, but they've had people asked to sign forms that actually revoke your green card and things like that. Is that is that legal? That doesn't sound like that should be legal. I assume it's not. I mean, I assume it's something you're not meant to do, but also once you sign the form, how are you going to make a case for it? Um, but they've been an excellent, excellent group of people. You know, they're telling people don't sign anything unless you've got a lawyer present. And if you're coming to collect a family member and you think they've been detained, talk to us and we will you know, do everything in our power to help them out. So um, so amidst kind of the disturbingness of coming into Trump's America, that was a excellent thing to see, that there are people visibly there at the airport fighting back. Um, and then when I got into the city centre the next day, there was a Trump protest, and kind of every day I've been here since, it's been people going, oh, there's a protest today, or we're going out tomorrow, or we're doing an anti-President's Day, the day after President's Day. So the resistance is really, really visible in the city. I mean, that was going to be my question, really, because, I mean, you would imagine that there would be something going on actually outside of immigration at O'Hare, and that, you know, you would speak to people in academia or whatever. But I'm sort of wondering how, is is this kind of filtering down sort of outside those kind of bubbles? Like, that's a terrible mixed metaphor, but you know what I mean. Like, in, into the day-to-day life, does it feel any different to how it felt a year ago? I mean, it's hard to gauge because I have been in those bubbles. So I, I probably couldn't tell you how much it's filtering down to, you know, your average worker in Carbondale. Um I can definitely tell you it's it's visible, it's there, you can see it. Um, I was also really intrigued by the number of cops they'd clearly sent out to police this protest. Um, and there's, you know, there's anti-Trump graffiti in neighbourhoods in Chicago. So I feel like it's definitely there how much it's permeating into people's lives or whether it's just kind of static background noise or a real inconvenience to people. As always with these kind of protests in cities or different modes of visible action in cities there's always going to be a certain number of people even if they're broadly supportive who are just going to roll their eyes but something I'd really like to do over the next couple of days is is talk to more people I was talking to some workers in the subway in town and yeah this guy is from Chicago black guy moved down to southern Illinois where I am to attend university and he was saying yeah it's it's kind of a thing people are worried about it so yeah. I mean, I think Chicago's an interesting uh, place to be right now because I don't know if you recall in that sort of slightly terrifying first week after Inauguration Day, I actually wrote a, uh, I wrote a piece just listing all the slightly frightening things that the Trump administration had done or tried to do in the space of six or seven days. And it was so, it was so mentally exhausting to write it. I kept them to walk, go outside and walk around the block just to kind of, it was just a yawning chasm of horror. But one of those was uh, Donald Trump tweeting that he was thinking of sending the feds into Chicago to deal with the crime problem. Like, you know, the second or third biggest city in the country and he's basically talking about something that sounds a lot like a military occupation and you know it's it's nonsense it's not going to happen it's balloon flying but nonetheless the fact that the president of the united states is declaring this city of eight million people is is my enemy is is terrifying i guess i mean it's not hugely surprising that chicago would be on his hit list of places to um subjugate because of course it's where obama cut his teeth 
and it's a city which is you know a, a fairly liberal progressive city in terms of who it elects so if you had to draw up your places i think trump is going to have a problem with the place where you know obama considers his second home is going to is going to be on there right yeah also i mean illinois is sort of quite an interesting state because it's so it's it's so securely democratic in in presidential politics but largely because of Chicago, which is like a significant proportion of its population, and, and downstate Chicago, uh, sorry, downstate Illinois, is is very different in complexion. It's much more like neighbouring Indiana. It's also the farmland and, and much more much more Republican. So I'm wondering, like, Carbondale is presumably a university town, so it sits outside that, does it? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's very very mixed on campus. It feels like you could be anywhere in in the US. Um, but no, outside of campus, it does feel very, very different. It's a very difficult city to walk in. Um, my host thought I was insane because I walked to a Walgreens on the other side of town and it is not amenable to people walking. It's um, clearly, you know, one of those towns that's had difficulty redefining itself after industry has dropped away from it. Um, so, yeah, it, fe- it feels very, very different to the city, as, as you would expect moving five hours south. Um, into the Midwest um, I would not come here without a car I think that was a really stupid move actually yeah it's, I, I've always found that you get outside the big downtowns and you, you can't exist in the US without a car which you, you still kind of can in Britain So, also the food situation here has been really um, striking and really disturbing so um, trying to eat even vaguely healthily on a tight budget, which is what I'm doing this week, is quite difficult. So I've been eating a lot of like Subway salads and little things from Starbucks and stuff like that. But going to the grocery store, you know, the big grocery stores out towards the other end of town, you know, there's not a lot of fresh produce. It's a lot cheaper to buy junk food than it is to buy fresh fruits and vegetables, as in staggering difference in cost. I bought a salad yesterday, which was just over $6.00. And then when I got to the checkout, there were two cookies for a dollar on offer. So you could buy, you know, 12 for the same price as a salad. And I know it's no surprise that American food culture has problems and there's problems with food poverty in terms of buying nutritious foods. But compared to Chicago or Miami or any of the other big cities I've been to, it's really, really striking. It's not easy to move around the town if you're not in a car and it's not easy to buy healthy food at low cost. So... Are you aware of the concept of food deserts? I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know. It's one of those things where you go, this shouldn't be shocking to me. I, You know, if I'd have logically thought it through, obviously this is going to be the case, but it's still kind of alarming when you're somewhere shopping and you go, oh, it's way cheaper for me to buy, you know, a 12-pack of chips than it is to buy these courgettes, which are a few days past their best. Um I, I mean, if they did introduce public health care here, I have no idea how they would deal with the public health crisis, which their own lack of proper food supply is clearly <laughs> exacerbated. I mean, that, that doesn't sound like it's a problem they're going to be facing for some time, to be honest. It sounds like <laughs> going the other way. Yeah. I, didn't you know Trump is really into socialised health care? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think this is actually going to be an interesting one to watch because, I mean, Trump whatever else he is he clearly loves popularity like he he just is desperate for adoration the whole time right and 
it's not clear that repealing Obamacare is going to be popular because, I mean, like even people who kind of don't like it in the abstract, some of them are going to start getting annoyed when they realize, no, this will affect you. You are going to lose your health care coverage. And it's it's not clear that the congressional Republicans are, 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 uh, are going to win any popularity contest with that one. So what happens then? Does Trump keep backing this policy or does he doing about term because he cares more about what the general public think about him than he does what Paul Ryan thinks about him. I just don't, my first instinct is I just don't believe that Trump has an honest feedback loop in terms of popularity. I, d- I don't think he's dwelling in the real world in terms of popularity ratings, whether he is actively deceiving himself or whether there are people whispering lies in his ear whether he's just as seems to be the case only consuming media which is going to tell him what he wants to hear so um my instinct would be he's going to plow ahead with it and he's gonna engineer a situation for himself where he doesn't have to take account of people's disapproval but i don't know maybe he'll suddenly become a really honest guy and want to hear what we all have to say i i reckon that's gonna happen any day now any day now trump your hands are tiny and your policies suck We'll see you next time. <laughs> okay, excellent. Right now, let's let's find out if this actually uh, yeah, <laughs> is this actually recorded. Okay, it seems to sound okay, my. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.